This is New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. If you're enjoying this podcast, the best thing that you can do for the show is to tell somebody else about it, help spread the word, and take a moment to rate and review us on your podcasting app. There is a new three-CD compilation out. It's almost four hours of music, and it features works commissioned by and for violinist Johnny Gandelsman. When he started off this project at the height of the pandemic, he didn't really know what he was going to get when he started to email composers. In the end, he got 22 new works. And one of the things he discovered was how to overcome his fear. He'll tell you more about that as we learn more about his three-CD compilation. It's called This Is America, an Anthology 2020 2021. This week on New Classical Tracks from American Public Media, I'm Julia Mocker. First of all, Johnny, how are you? How are things going in general? Hi. Uh, things are things are all right. I'm here at home in Brooklyn relatively slow time right now um i was on the road a lot actually from uh, mid-february till till the second week of june with my string quartet brooklyn rider and with this project this is america and there was a lot of travel which was kind of crazy you know from place to place even within the u.s and then traveling abroad traveling to europe and from country to country you know the requirements are different of you know people wearing or not wearing masks is different so just that constantly adjusting to whatever the locals are doing was was uh, kind of the name of the game for the last few months but now i'm home and have about a month off um all of my family now has covid so i'm the only one who doesn't yet but i expect to join them any day now and that's yeah that's the our first time in two years so it's it's pretty good well i'm sorry to hear that though it's becoming more and more common hopefully everyone isn't too ill no everyone's all right everyone's yeah. doing okay good Thank good you. so how many people are in your family uh well we're four uh i have two kids um my son is going to be 13 uh in august and my daughter will be nine in august and you know summer vacation um some summer camps coming up and just hanging out. Cool. That sounds wonderful. Well, for people who might be hearing the name Johnny Gandelsman for the very first time, give me your elevator speech. Who are you? What do you do? Why should people know (laughs) who you are? (laughs) Well, uh, I am a violinist and occasionally a producer of music. I... uh, Play with String Quartet Brooklyn Rider. I played with a World Music Collective Silk Road Ensemble for many years, about 18 years. And um, I, I was born in Russia into a family of musicians. Uh, both of my parents are musicians, and uh, my only sibling, my older sister, is a violinist as well. Um, so I've been playing since I was five years old. And um, my family moved to Israel when I was a kid. And I came to the U.S. to go to school and have been living here ever since. 
I've been in Brooklyn for, I don't know, since uh, 1999, so a long time. How's that? That's Is that an elevator speech? That's really good. <laughs> is your extended family still in Israel then? Uh, yes, I have, I have a lot of family there. Your new project is an anthology, and it's called This is America, three CDs. So tell me, what is your goal? What was your goal when you decided to create this project? Did it start out as one thing and evolve into something, or did you come with this concept and it became exactly how you imagined it? No, far from it. Um, so this is a project that was born, you know, sort of a few months into the height of the pandemic, right? Uh, I guess May, June 2020. And uh, I was at the when the pandemic struck uh, in the middle of March, I was in the middle of a, another project, which was um, recording and, and releasing an album of the complete cello suites by Johann Sebastian Bach on violin. And I was starting to tour that project. I ended up doing the East Coast part of the tour in February and then was looking forward to going out to the West Coast in March. And that got canceled, postponed, whatever you want to say. And um, my family, in, you know, on, Mar on March 16th, I think, we packed up our car and, and uh, got out of Brooklyn and drove up to uh, the White Mountains region of New Hampshire, where my partner's uh, grandparents used to live, and there's this little house on the lake. And we thought we were packing up for, you know, a long time, a few weeks. Um, and we drove up there and we ended up staying there for six months. And, and it was, you know, it was, it, was a, it was such a strange time. I mean, it was, it was beautiful and, you know, to be on this lake, there, was, there were very few people around. Uh, we were safe. Our kids didn't have to wear masks because we didn't see anybody. Um, but it was also very strange because we were we were there and we were removed from our friends and from our community in Brooklyn, and we were just watching from there as you know COVID was wrecking you know havoc across the country and across the world, and then throughout that time you know we 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 watched with horror the the murder of George Floyd and the the fires that were happening in in on the West Coast. And the election cycle that was so volatile, and and we were just kind of like sitting on the sidelines a little bit, you know, because we were just not home and and so far removed from everything, and it felt very strange to to be in that position, and uh, I you know I was just trying to think, well, what can, is there anything I can do about the situation in the world, and. Um, one thing occurred to me was just to to commission new works from from uh, com U.S. composers, composers who live here, um, and ask them to reflect on the times, because part of the issue was that at the time it seemed like the the conversation, the national conversation, was so um, it was very categorical. There was there was just not a lot of nuance. You know, it was it was this or that and. Uh, there was a lot of conversation about you know what sh what America should be or what it was or how do we get back to greatness and and but there was just not no nuance to it and you know I think it's if you want nuance 
often turning to artists is a is a good path forward. So I started calling up uh, composers and presenters around the country and seeing if there would be interest in from composers writing new works and from presenters signing on as commissioning partners. And it started slow. I mean, I had a, I have a I have a long list of people that I would love to work with and whose music I admire or want to learn more about. And I just started kind of, you know, sending emails out. And, you know, first it was a few people signed on and then a few more. And it ended up being, I think, 22 new works were commissioned through that time, during that time. And it's only after I received the works back and now and started to work on them and kind of thinking about them and in this totality that I realized that it feels like an ontology because it, it feels like a it feels like a you know it's small slice capturing like a, a sliver of time of that time 2020 2021 just a representation of what that time was like for a few people There are a lot of different themes that rose to the surface as these pieces started to come into you. Uh, Loss and uncertainty, but also joy, friendship, gratitude, and love. Can you talk a little bit about where we hear some of these themes from which composers or in which pieces? Sure. Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, we were experiencing all all of those you know, it was so interesting to to be isolated, but also, you know, the things that brought people joy just became so apparent, right? Like what, what brought solace or some relief from so much pain and stress and, and loss that was happening. One piece that comes to my mind is a work by a composer from Tatarstan, Adelia Faizulina. Her, her piece is called Do Time Linger. And Adelia, when the pandemic struck, she was a student in LA uh, studying composition. Her piece captures incredibly beautifully this, this feeling of isolation, uh, not just from your immediate environment, but, you know, she was very far from home, from her family and friends, basically alone, living in a city of many millions of people, unable to go outside. And she finds really beautiful ways to, to depict silence, You know, a drop of water in the sink. Or, you know, a a gust of wind. Just beautiful way that she uses color in her music. So I, I really love that piece. 
And, you know, on the flip side, um, when I asked Rhiannon Giddens to write a piece, she wrote a piece called New to the Session. And she was kind of referring to her, one of the main things that she does. I mean, she does so many incredible things, right? She's a singer and a... And a and an opera composer now, and, and uh, but she's also a fiddler. And in this piece, new to the sessions, she was thinking about her experience attending sessions where people come together and play tunes. And her experience was that she was a beginner in that world. And she would hear a tune, and right at the moment where she would start recognizing it and kind of incorporating it and saying, okay, I understand this tune. The people around her move, move on to the next one. So it's this succession of uh, fiddle tunes, uh, which are just full of joy. So these are like the you know the opposite spectrums of 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 some of the themes that came out. The opening piece is by Clarice Assad. It's simply titled "O," which represents oxygen, and that seems to really encompass so much of what we were experiencing: um, people struggling to breathe, just being able to breathe. Maybe a sigh of relief if you did feel safe. Can you talk about that piece? Because it's, it has a unique quality to it as it launches off this whole project, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Clarice is a, an incredible Brazilian-American composer who um, I've admired from afar, and this, this project gave me an opportunity to approach her and, and ask her for a piece and and I didn't know you know this was the other cool thing about this project was I really had no idea which way each of the composers would choose to go so I did not know that Clarice was um, thinking of this theme of oxygen and I love that she recorded a choir of voices to, to go along with was the violin part And yeah, it's a very unusual, but but st strikingly beautiful piece. And it's yes, oxygen. You know, we were we were struggling to breathe. She also mentions the killing of George Floyd, right, as as forcibly denying his breath, right. Um, and and uh, so there's many themes that just go into this very short five-minute-long piece. And it's actually it was not planned that way, but the piece that closes the entire set, uh, Breathe, by Kojiro Mizaki, also deals with the same themes through a very different way of expressing it.
Johnny, as you started to receive these commissioned pieces from these artists, what did you find most surprising about what you were getting from them? You know, again, I, I did not, I really did not know what to expect. And I guess there were just, there were many pieces where um, when I looked at the score, my my first reaction was, I have no idea how to do that. Um, some dealt with improvisation, which is something that I've dabbled in, but I, I would never call myself an improviser. Some suggested extended violin techniques, you know, which I, I mean, I've done some, but there were some that I just had no idea how to do. And in one case, the composer of the piece Tardigrades, Nick Dunstan, asked his friend, um, a, a violinist, a great violinist, Leda Fink, to record a demo video for me to just explain his notation and how I might approach it on the violin. And then there were a couple of songs that, you know, there were songs, and I am not, I'm no singer, but I had to figure out how to feel okay about singing and then figure out a way to play the songs. And in both cases, I ended up um, through a very kind of winded path, I ended up on the playing playing the songs on the guitar which is also not something I've ever done before so there were a lot of moments over the last two years where where there were challenges kind of challenges presented themselves and I guess you know my my main takeaway is that at times I was terrified you know, I, I was I was absolutely terrified of the thing that I did not know, uh, and it just now that I I think back on it, it, it makes me think about this in general in the world, like this part of our issue, right? As as a society, is that we are often scared of the unknown, uh, unknown ideas, unknown people, and that fear is very real, and it takes a lot to get through it. And in my case, I was very lucky that when I was terrified, <laughs> the composers were very kind and kind of led me th through their path of thinking and, and allowed me to find my way into their process and their ideas. But, that, you know, that's not always the case in the world, that people might just not be exposed to, you know, they might hear foreign ideas but just not have any context right or not have somebody translate them into something that is understood and so yeah I, I just feel I feel um, I, I feel good about this project because I just feel like I ended up learning a lot about not just uh, a lot of music and a lot of new ways of of approaching the violin or you know or things like that but also just about myself and and how to get through this feeling, this initial feeling of fear and, and rejection of something.
and then getting through it and finding a way to feel comfortable within it. Which really is a metaphor for the whole pandemic experience, really. Yeah. And you allowed yourself to get out of your comfort zone. And I'm guessing in part because you probably had the time to do that. Uh, one of the things that prevents us from facing our fears is it's like, well, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but during the pandemic, I'm hearing from a lot of artists that they had nothing but time. There was a period when you weren't performing, you weren't traveling. And it's like, well, now's a chance to learn and grow. And it sounds like you took full advantage of that. Again, it was not it was not uh, intended to to be this kind of journey, but in retrospect, it, that's what it feels like. You mentioned that there were opportunities to learn new techniques, things that you hadn't, um, you weren't even sure how to do. Can you give me some examples and identify those pieces and how you maybe overcame that? Maybe just pick one or two pieces where we can hear those samples of you learning something new. Yeah, well, I mean, the piece that I mentioned by Nick Dunstan, Tardigrades, it's a fabulous kind of noise piece right and i and i if you listen to it it's 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 uh it i don't know i don't even know how to explain it really it's just um every every single sound i'm doing most of the sounds i'm i'm creating on the violin are um are sounds i haven't made before <laughs> and that was that was really cool and then uh, there's another piece by Miami Road Johnson, um, who's a fabulous composer, and maybe she is uh, familiar to the Minnesota audiences because she's been um, working with Osmo Vanska and the Minnesota Orchestra. Um, she's been assisting Osmo on some of the programs recently as a conductor. She's a she's a fascinating young lady. She's a violinist, composer, conductor, modern dancer. And uh, her piece is simply called Dance Suite. Uh, it's in five movements and... Look at your elbows and begin to carve circles in space. Uh, it, it's a very personal kind of uh, story, which during the pandemic, she, uh, Maya was in, a, in an accident. And as part of her recovery she, you know part of her pt she she ended up taking uh, online dance class that and it was the gaga dance class right so it's this uh, form of uh improvisatory dance developed by the great israeli choreographer ohad narin uh from batsheva and so just she described this class you know of, of uh, a zoom class with hundreds of people attending and and uh, and so this piece, Dance Suite, is kind of like a a walkthrough of what it was like to attend a Gaga online Zoom class during the pandemic. And the piece has, uh, as I said, it has five movements. It has some you know extending techniques that I had to meet with Maya to f figure out how to how to do them. And since she's a violinist, she she really knew exactly how to do it. It wasn't like she she just made it up you know, from, from out of nowhere, she could really do it. So that was great. But also there are two movements which are fully improvised. And movement two and movement four are basically Maya reading a text 
which would be like the dance instructor leading the class through you know through this improvisation and and the instructor would read this text and then the class would interpret it with movement but my job is to interpret the words with sound switch the locus of movement to the point where your shoulder blades meet to form wings and move textures from there feel a little silly like a little songbird that flaps its wings very fast in a quirky, groovy way. Connect to the fantasy of a hummingbird. So that was also, you know, that was uh, a really interesting process. Not something I've tried before. Um, And yeah, it was fun. As you're describing some of these new things that you've learned and discovered, it makes me wonder... Will you find the opportunity to use some of these techniques with Brooklyn Rider, for example, or in other performance settings? I'm sure. I'm sh- uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at, well, first of all, just working with these composers, you know, it's just great to to get to know somebody in that way, and then, um, you know, if it's if it's a good experience, of course, I would, you know, look for other ways to continue the you know continue the relationship so commissioning you know commissioning other works commissioning works with other groups that i play with um absolutely and of course you know i mean i think these ideas they're not coming from from thin air right so just by participating in it and, ex- and being exposed to it i'm sure that there will be other compositions by other composers that will ask for things maybe exactly the same things or maybe similar things which will just allow me to have a you know a place like a a point of reference where i can start from and understand it a little bit better from the beginning i'm thinking about you doing things you'd never done before singing and playing guitar perfect examples now you could have just said to these composers i don't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what made you not say that I don't, I don't like doing that. You know, I, I really, I, I, I wanted, I wanted the composers to write exactly what they wanted to write. And in the case of Marika Hughes, who's a, a fabulous cellist, singer, songwriter, arts advocate, you know, we met uh, in front of her home in, in Brooklyn, outside, we, st- we stood outside her house and, uh, and we talked about what she, what she was thinking of and she really wanted to write a song and I said great and she wrote a song I mean she you know it, she did not ask me to play it on the guitar she just gave me the song and the chart and I tried it on the violin but on the violin it, it seemed limited you know and, and, I, and I thought okay well what other ways could it work and I thought of various strummed instruments you know fretted instruments that I might be able to figure out, a friend recommended that I check out a tenor guitar. Which is also a four-string instrument like the violin and often is tuned the same way that the violin is. So that gave me a start that I could kind of figure out. False pretenders, 
hushed voices crescendo in resistance Do we know that we just don't know? So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a guitar player, I'm not a singer, but I could figure out a way to, to do what Marika was looking for, I think. And, I'm, you know, it's a beautiful song. I hope that um, other people who are much better at both of those things will perform that song. It's great. So just for clarity, was the idea that you were going to be the person doing performing these pieces regardless of what you received. You wouldn't look maybe for Rhiannon Giddens to sing while you played guitar. I'm just making this up now. <laughs> no, no, it was I did not even it did not even occur to me to to ask other people except for except for the second track on the album. Which is written by a dear friend, Kinan Azme, fabulous clarinetist and composer who, whom I've known for, you know, at least 25 years now. Uh, we've worked together a lot, both through Silk Road and, and Brooklyn Rider. And um, Kinan wrote a piece that is a tribute to an apartment that I used to live in, in Brooklyn. Before I had kids, I lived in this uh, kind of uh, a falling apart loft. You know, it was, it was all very... Uh, I mean, I guess it was very typical, you know, but it was kind of like a bohemian-style loft with, with a hole in the, in the ceiling and no heat very often. But, but it was a place where uh, we had a lot of parties, and the, those parties were attended by musicians and dancers and visual artists and, and writers, and just a ton of creative people would come to this place. And we have some incredible memories from from those days and and it, the apartment was on Wyckoff Street and we just call it you know Wyckoff just stands for us for like the Wyckoff days refers to that period in time it was about I don't know six years in the early 2000s and so Kinan wrote this piece called Sahra B. Wyckoff uh, party at Wyckoff which is kind of like you know just imagining that time and at the end he asked he wanted me to sing a little refrain and I thought well this will not work if I'm the only one singing so I contacted a bunch of people who attended those parties back in the day you know 10-15 years ago and I asked them if they would sing along so on the second track there's actually a Wyckoff choir And some, you know, some are singing with their kids now that they have. And, you know, there's a bunch of people. It's about, I think, 30 voices. But that was the one place where I asked people to join. It just felt appropriate. Wonderful. So, Johnny, there is a lot of music on these three CDs. Did you say it was four hours of music? It's almost four hours. Three hours and 50 minutes or something like that. It's a lot of new music for a listener to absorb. If someone is picking up this compilation, this anthology, what would you like them to listen for? What, what are you hoping 
listeners will gain from this experience. I, you know, uh, I hope that the listeners will approach this with a, an open mind, an open ear. And hopefully find something in it that is interesting, that, that kind of makes them want to learn about the composer or the style a little bit more. You know, and I think even if there's only one or two of pieces out of 24, if one or two capture someone's imagination and want them to explore a little bit further, I think that would be a, you know, a success in my mind. And my final question is, you've talked a lot about what you've learned through this process and how brave you were. What did you discover about yourself that maybe surprised you? Well, I mean, I, you know, I know that I'm stubborn. That's one thing that I know that I'm a stubborn person and, and it, it, it's both good and bad. And in in a project like this, it was it was useful because, you know, the the amount of email and and repeated email and repeated email chasing after you know, presenters, composers, making sure that that I mean, just putting it together, just to, you know, it was like, you you have to be stubborn and and not kind of give up easily. Um, but I knew that I'm stubborn, so that's not surprising. But but this this thing that I mentioned earlier of. Um, facing something unknown and 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 uh and ha the first reaction being negative and almost like passing a judgment on on the work as you know oh this is not good you know and it was but it was coming out of this fear of of uh just not knowing how to approach it and that was surprising because you know I, I don't think of, of myself as a closed-minded person uh, necessarily um, but if I heard of somebody else experiencing that and doing that, I would think, wow, you know, they're such a close-minded person. So that surprised me about myself. Probably the biggest lesson out of this last two years and, and when working on this project. And yet you kept an open mind. I tried. <laughs> Violinist Johnny Gandelsman talking about his new three-CD compilation of works commissioned by and for him. It's called This Is America, an anthology 2020-2021. Thanks to Valerie Kaler, our producer of new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Mocker. <laughs>